what these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. What's good, my people? Welcome into Buckets, Action Network's daily NBA betting podcast. We're in the workshop, and this Wednesday, you know what's going on. Sean Little, the host. Jay Money is money with the play. AC, Albert Wynn, and Lewis Capper with another play. I'm going to compliment you guys with a play as well. You know the routine. Best bets, cap, get you guys out of here. We are presented by BetMGM the king of sportsbooks. Go download the Action Network app, man. Tons and tons and tons of info by all three of us on the mic now. Brandon Anderson, Matt Moore, NFL is already in week 11. Tons of stuff there. Go subscribe to the Action Network YouTube page. Tons of videos daily. Log your plays. Everything is in the Action Network app. Odds, boards, whatever you need, you can find it there. Wednesday NBA slate, quite a few games, quite a few spots. We have three different ones for you. J Money is money, a.k.a. Mr. Smack City. What's going on? Give me your game. Yeah, I'm liking this Cavs game. I like the Cavs to bounce back early and often. I'll be looking towards them in the first half and the Blazers first half team total under as well. I think they're both correlated. Yeah, and we're waiting on some numbers for that. You want to give a roundabout figure on what you're looking at? Yeah, so the Cavs first half should be somewhere around five, five and a half. And the Blazers team total for the first half should come out around 53. AC, analytics capper, was now at Barclays. Went from the Garden to Barclays tonight. Two W's. What are you looking at for the Wednesday NBA slip? Yeah, I'm going to go with Shy City tonight. I like the Chicago Bulls. I like them in the first half and the full game, but I'm just going to ride the full game for the podcast. Chicago Bulls minus three. And I'm going to go with the Boston Celtics minus three in Philadelphia versus the 76ers who are on the second leg of a back-to-back. We'll get into it. Jay, I'm coming right back to you. Talk to me about the Cavs. They got all their boys back. They're playing the lonely Blazers. You like a, a slow start for the Blazers and the Cavs. Talk to me. Yeah, well, I like a fast start for the Cavs here, but um, they know that they haven't been playing top-tier defense, and it's really been coming on the three-point defense as well. They've been letting teams go crazy on them from three, obviously, other than the Warriors here. But you look at the Blazers, where they actually get all their points in the paint in this one, man. They don't really shoot a lot of threes, the Blazers don't. So that's the main thing that the Cavs are strong at. They're actually not that good right now in defending the three, but they're really great at defending the paint here. So you have a clash of styles here. Blazers like to get points in the paint. The Cavs won't let you do this so unless unless the Blazers get hot here from three um I don't see them being able to keep it close here in the first half and we know the Cavs are pissed off as well coming off their game versus the Kings so I see a bounce back J spot for the Cavs here I think they come out in the first half really first quarter and first half come out here and smoke the Blazers who are on the road home back to back here uh, we know that they're missing both of their point guards which Skyler Mays isn't a bad third point guard on the team but I feel like they're going to struggle here offensively coming up against the Cavs team who all they've been talking about is defense here I think they make it a focal point to start this game. I think they smother the Blazers in this one. Yeah, full game here on the Cavs is minus nine. It's ticked up to already to minus nine and a half in some places. 
I've seen it as high as 10. AC, what do you think of that spot? I like it, man. I think the Cavs, I mentioned this in a previous show, but I think the Cavs are in a buy spot for the next 10 games. They struggle coming off the bat. I think they're four and six in the first 10, but they've had a really tough strength of schedule. And yes, their defensive numbers are now, but if you adjust it for pace and for competition, they're actually six in the NBA. So the numbers look good. The players are going to get healthy. I like the Cavs moving forward in the next 10 to 15 games. Yeah, this should be a get-right spot. We talk about get-right spots all the time. This should be a get-right spot for the the Cavs, who started the season without their guys now, have them. And to start the season, they were right around that key number of 50 on the win total. They should start to push towards that mark. All right, AC, you're going to Chicago, who's got all the boys on the trade block. Nothing but info coming out of Chicago that they're going to burn it down. Zach Levine is on the move for sure. Potentially, I've heard a lot of different things, just like we all have, but it looks like they're about to tear it down in Chicago, but you're finding a spot to back him here minus three. Yeah, when it comes to negative news, that doesn't really bother me. And if anything, that makes me want to back that team even more. I think the public overreaction is a big key to how you you know play these games and watch the live movement. But This to me is a scheduled loss for Orlando. They just played tonight in Brooklyn. It was competitive until the fourth quarter. Brooklyn pulled away there late. Without Markel Fultz, it's hard to really keep up with the Brooklyn guards. They're going to face the same type of issues with Chicago. Again, Chicago has been at home now. They get an extra day of rest. Coming off a loss against Milwaukee where they were somewhat competitive, I think they bounced back in a big way in Chicago tonight, not only the full game, but I mentioned it earlier, I like first quarter, first half full game, but I think the full game is the safest play. Jay, makes me a little nervous this spot for the Bulls. I trust AC. He's always sharp in these type of scheduling spots, but the Bulls don't clean the glass. They don't pass the ball. Ball sticks everywhere. And Levine is not the type of guy, in my opinion, to respond to negative news in a way to try to show everybody up. What do you think about this spot? But overall, this is a tough scheduling situation for Orlando in the back-to-back. What do you think about this spot? And then talk to me about overall about the Bulls and the Levine news. Yeah, honestly, I don't have a ton of thoughts on the Bulls, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I kind of like to hone in on the games that I like. So this wasn't a game that I really had a super strong feel about. I'm not laying points with the Bulls. I don't want to put any bad energy on my guy AC's play. So only thing I could say, the Bulls play really great defense. Their offense can struggle sometimes. These are two very defensive teams. So I'd look towards the under in this spot, but I'm not really sure what's going on with the Bulls. Obviously, we hear it coming out that they're likely going to trade Levine. Looks like DeRozan's contract is up at the end of this year as well. So it might be time to blow it up for the Bulls. But honestly, if you're asking me, I don't think it's the players. I think it's on the coach. You got to get a new coach. I've been saying it for the past couple of years here. Donovan is not the guy over there. So personally, I feel like you can get rid of the players all you want. You still need to find that coach that's a leader of men. And I don't think that's Billy Donovan, me personally. But for this game, if I was betting it, I'd have to look towards the under. Two defensive teams, Magic on a road, road, back-to-back here. We know the Bulls are going to bring the defense as well. I'd look towards this game staying under the posted total. Yeah, I agree. Billy Donovan is not the guy. Billy Donovan has been eating off two national titles <laughs> and a little bit of a run with a superstar squad. Yeah, like uh, Billy Donovan's not the guy. For a team that I've been watching very closely for every year, you see the sticker behind my shoulder. Like that, That's my squad. It's Bulls and Knicks for me. They've made a habit of holding on to assets too long and then selling them when they're not worth anything. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the spot where we're at with Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. 
Caruso is this piece that you have to get as much as you possibly can for. There might be a team that overreaches to get Levine just because Caruso's in the package. I think Caruso could yeah. really help mm-hmm. a lot of different teams here in the NBA right. that are buyers. He's a dog on the defensive side of the rock, and he can knock down an open jumper or two when necessary. Buckets is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. Biggest game on the slate. That's where I'm going. Boston Celtics in Philadelphia. Give me the Celtics minus two in this spot here. Talk about scheduling. This is the scheduling spot, and I just think Boston's better. To be completely honest, JNAC, I don't know one thing that Philly does better than Boston. I'm going to get into it right now. Well, let's talk about the scheduling because that's, I think, is an important piece in this cap. Four games in six days for both Boston and Philly, but the Sixers are on the back-to-back. Listen to these numbers for the Celtics against teams with the rest that they have the rest advantage and on the second leg of a back-to-back. Celtics 10-1 and ATS in their last 11 with the rest advantage. They will have that against Philly coming in. Celtics have won 21 games in a row versus teams on the second leg of a back-to-back. That is the Philadelphia 76ers. Boston been smashing people since they lost to Philly last week. They beat up the Nets by 14, the Raptors by 23, the Knicks by 16. And that was when the Raptors were playing some of their best ball. They started slow. They started to come on a little bit. Boston absolutely packed them up. Oubre out for Philly hurts more than I think we realize. I hope he gets well soon with the car accident that he's dealing with. That hurts for Philly. He was one of those guys that was putting up 17, 18, 19 points a night and was making up for that four-man 100 points a game between him, Tobias, Embiid, and Maxi. So I think that's big, Oubre being out. Sixers, let's talk about the schedule just throughout the year because right now the Sixers are probably one of the hottest teams in the NBA. been getting talked about nothing but positive things, and rightly so, but I'm not so sure the competition has been too tough. Sixers have played the 18th toughest schedule to start the year according to Dunks and Threes. And I think that's being a little generous. If you go through and look at who they played, I think that's a little soft. In other places, I've seen as low as like the 23rd or 24th strength of schedule. Now, as I mentioned on the top, I think Boston does just everything better. Everything Philly does really well, Boston does just as well. And their strength of schedule has been sensational. Number five, strength of schedule according to Dunks and Threes. If this game was in Boston, I'd have it minus five and a half. I'll lay the two with Boston and Philly without question. Let me repeat those numbers. Celtics 10-1 and ATS in their last 10 games with the rest advantage. 21 in a row the Celtics have won when the team is on their second leg of a back-to-back, and that will be the Sixers. AC, how do you feel about this matchup? How do you feel about the Boston play for me? Yeah, it's Boston or nothing for me as well. So I agree with you there. Not only that, I don't typically do this. I don't ladder plays. I don't do that for props or sides or totals, things like that. But if you think Boston's going to cover this too, they're most likely going to cover three, four, five, six, seven, all the way up to double digit win, to be honest. I think this is a game where it's not only a, 
a great revenge spot for Boston, who mm-hmm. just lost to Philly six days ago. But Philly was riding high, right? Maxi just had 50 two games ago. Embiid and those boys are getting tired. This is almost like a, a scheduled loss, similar to what we saw with Orlando. Honestly, I wouldn't even be surprised if they sit and beat yep. for the game, right? Yeah, I, I don't know what like the, a... <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what the ramifications are for, you know, load management, all the new rules here in the new NBA, but don't be surprised if he plays, but then only plays like 25, 30 minutes. Yeah, Jay, and eight of those last nine games, so Philly's been red hot, right? Eight of those last nine games have been in Philadelphia. They've been chilling at home. Essentially, you could almost say they've been beating up on weak competition at home in Philly comfortably, while Boston's been beating up on some of the best teams in the NBA. Yeah, no, that's a fact. I can say I'd like to have Porzingis in there, but regardless, you bring up some great points about the rest advantage. Even though they don't have to travel anywhere, this you just played two games versus the Indiana Pacers. This is a team that loves to run up and down the court the whole game. And I was watching it. I love watching games the day before when teams are on the back-to-back. I mean, Embiid looked tired. Maxi looked tired. Mm-hmm. Uh, Embiid played 38 minutes. He was already questionable with hip soreness and ended up playing. You see what I'm saying? So honestly, like I wanted the Sixers to win that game because I was going to be right here with you on the Celtics in this particular spot, but I'm still leaning their way. Embiid, 38 minutes. Maxi 38 minutes as well. Tobias Harris, 37 minutes. Milton, who balled out tonight, 35 minutes. The bench is not really giving them a ton of production. I said this in the last game. This is why I took the Pacers once again. The bench had only scored 10 points in the first game versus the Pacers. They only scored six in the second game. They're not getting any bench production from the Philadelphia 76ers, and obviously, Ubre being out hurts even more. They didn't have Batum um, on Tuesday night as well, so the Sixers are having to rely on their starting five a ton and it could come back to bite them in this one the Celtics in the revenge spot ESPN national TV game if we get Porzingis in there I'm definitely going to be on the Celtics as well I see any last thoughts on that that's a that's a great point from Jay my last thought it looks like three and oh again boys but we knew this coming in with Philly right even though they emptied the clip when they let go of Harden and they got all these you know role players and rotational players back we knew Nick Nurse is not going to play his bench guys. Even though this is it was the first night of a back-to-back, your guys are already tired. Indiana is about to drop 130 on you, and he's still not playing his bench guys. So we'll see what happens you know, on the second night of a back-to-back. But I agree with you, Sean. Like It's Boston or nothing for me. And again, look for the alternate spreads as well. I'm gonna tell he you played this. the bench guys. He played the guys. They just can't score. You Patrick Beverly, Daniel <laughs> House, Marcus Moore, your senior. These are not offensive guys, like whatsoever. Yeah, Co- yeah, Co- which he was moved into the starting lineup. So I'd be interested. He only played 16 minutes. They don't really have a ton of guys to trust outside Tobias Harris, Embiid, and Milton. You basically got a big four, and that's it. You, you can't even count on the bench giving you 20 bench points. So this team is really thin, and on a back-to-back, that just really magnifies that even more. Yeah, if D. Melton's going to give you 30, you got to get a W. I don't care. <laughs> I don't. That, that's it, and that's all. I don't care if it's a back-to-back, home-and-home. If D. Melton gives you 30, you better be in the win column. I agree across the board. This is why I'm on Boston minus two. I would take it up to three. Let's see where it lands and um, where we net on this Wednesday NBA slate. To recap, J Money is money. Blazers first half team total under right around that 52-53 number. And then it's the Cavs first half, Jay. 
Yeah, I like the Cavs in the first half as well, man. Like, they're all correlated. Like, to be honest, this should be a trifecta spot for the Cavs. I know the spread is big here, but it's big for a reason. This is a get-right spot for the Cavs. They usually bounce back after a bad loss as well. I see them coming out, catching the trifecta first quarter, first half full game. And I actually think the Blazers go under on their totals in the first quarter, first half full game as well. AC's on the Chicago Bulls, minus three versus the Magic. Throw out the noise. Bulls are showing up on a Wednesday. And I'm on the Boston Celtics, minus two in Philadelphia. For AC Analytics Capper, for J Money is Money. I am Sean Little. This is the Wednesday edition of Buckets, presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbook. Go download the Action Network app. And don't forget it. Get buckets, baby. We'll see y'all tomorrow. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.